Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Mm -mm, we're gonna party like it's 1999. Bam, bam. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about how perhaps 1999 was the greatest movie year of cinematic history going back over 100 years. Now, you might agree with me. You might disagree with me. And of course, we're not going to do every calendar year and go through the top movies to compare it to. But I'm going to go over some of the movies that came out in 99 to make my case. Now, where was I in 1999? I lived in the last frontier. I lived in Alaska. I was getting my graduate work at the University of Alaska. Yes, Alaska does have a university. And no, it's net made out of igloos. It's a reputable university. And I was up there. I am 23, 25. 25 years old during this time. So this is peak, I wouldn't say peak Oscar cinephile Gregory. That would have been in the early to mid 90s when I was in college and early grad school when I lived in a town that actually had a theater that actually showed Academy Award movies. Where I lived in Fairbanks, they had one movie theater and it showed the main movies, the, the Hollywood movies, and then any Oscar bait kind of stuff. We had to wait till it was at, wait for it, Blockbuster. So why do I say 1999 is the greatest cinematic year? Let's just start going through the list of movies that were released in this year. Now, this is a good hodgepodge and the order for which I'm going to do these does not indicate their greatness, but I think it just gives you an idea of the movies that came out this year. And some of you already know, just by hearing 1999, you already know some of these movies. Number one, Star Wars, Phantom Menace. Now, I was not in Alaska when I saw this movie. I was in the other last state that it was admitted to the United States, Hawaii. I went to Hawaii. A lot of Alaskans go to Hawaii to get away from the cold. And I was in Hawaii because it was still cold in in Alaska in May. That's when breakup season is. And that's not why you get dumped, but that's when the rivers start to thaw out and you hear large chunks of ice making horrible sounds in the rivers. So you still got frozen rivers at that time. But I went to Hawaii and I've talked about this before, sitting in line, waiting for Phantom Menace and then leaving being so sad. But regardless, it made a sheetrock load of money, $474 million. Second that year was The Sixth Sense, is M. Night Shyamalan's iconic work, made $293 million. And I remember at the time thinking it was a good movie. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fine. Number three, Toy Story, made $245. Toy Story 2, I should say. Toy Story 2 is probably the one that I remember the least, aside from it having one of my favorite singer-songwriters, Sarah McLaughlin, have the song... When, when She Loves You, When He Loves You, that really sad song that makes everybody cry. Number four, Awesome Powers, A Spy Who Shagged Me. I've talked about this in the Sexy Saturday episode I did about Heather Graham. 
Woo, is she smoking in this movie? And honestly, I think this is the best of the awesome powers. The first one, of course, is, is original in it for you. It's kind of like Star Wars. You have to get it credit, but really it reaches its peak with this one. This is when Fat Bastard's introduced. And it's just, I think, the best made out of the three. And this made $206 million. Then you got luck. I mean, is this the, the most formative, one of the most formative, iconic sci-fi movies ever made? The Matrix came out in 1999. This made only... You think about only $171 million. It took some time, I suppose, for this movie to, to pick up heat in terms, of, in terms of the box office. This was also the year of the Columbine massacre, the shooting massacre, and some people blamed this movie for that shooting because remember the trench coat mafia and they were in trench coats. And, and I think in their writings, Klebold uh, and Harris talked about how much they love this movie. Either way, it's iconic, and of course it spawned I guess one decent sequel and two mediocre sequels. Number six, surprisingly, was Tarzan. This came out, you know, it made $171 million. I don't remember this movie. I think this is where the Phil Collins, bad Phil Collins song yeah, comes from. Number seven, Big Daddy. We're in the peak of Peak Sandler, $163 million. Uh, this movie's all right. You know, I'm not a big fan of Sandler. Number eight, The Mummy, The First Mummy. This, of course, is with Brendan Fraser, recently Academy Award lauded Brendan Fraser in just peak Rachel Vice, Sexy Saturday. Just great movie, entertaining, loved it. Number nine, Runaway Bride. Runaway Bride, I don't think is that good. Of course, this is Julia Roberts and Richard Gere reuniting. This is the one where she's essentially a values chameleon and is different with every every fiance she has she morphs into what the guy wants and richard is the investigator that finds out about this and reports upon it and it's all right number 10 i mean gosh did this movie bring about reality television the blair witch project i remember when this came out in alaska of course this was big in alaska because alaska is all wilderness you didn't know at the time if this movie was like what is this? Is this like a real documentary? They just found this in the woods and then they put it on, on, on TV. We didn't know. Great movie. I mean, I haven't seen it in twenty years, but it, it did so much. It was such a trend center. Number eleven was Stuart Little. We're not going to spend too much time on animation. One hundred forty million dollars. Number twelve, Green Mile, classic Tom Hanks. Great movie. Michael Clark Duncan. Can't say much about it. One hundred thirty million dollars. Just a great movie. Number thirteen, the Academy Award winning movie. May and I have talked about this. She feels like this movie should not have won. American Beauty with the, the now shamed Kevin Spacey and that betting and so forth, directed by Kate Winslet's ex, Sam Mendes, made $130 million. I mean, I mean, talk about if you want to have a very, very nihilistic view of marriage, <laughs> watch American Beauty. Then we got The World Is Not Enough. This is James Bond. I believe this is, if I'm not mistaken, what, the last or second to last Pierce Brosnan one. This one, I don't remember. I think this is the one where Denise Richards plays the, the scientist. We're supposed to believe Denise Richards is a scientist. Number 15, Double Jeopardy. This movie was huge. Ashley Judd, Tommy Lee Jones is the one where I think her husband sets her up. Uh, for murder and she's got to exonerate herself. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. 
We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 2017, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. Then we got the classic Notting Hill, Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts had a good year this year. Not a big fan of Notting Hill. I think it's, you know, cute British comedy of the neighborhood in, in, in London. I think, and I've mentioned this before in the Julia Roberts versus Sandra Bullock episode, I think was the one where it was Roberts versus Bullock. Julia Roberts' character is horrible in this movie. She's a rotten woman. She's horrible in this movie. But the movie is iconic rom-com. Number 17 is Wild Wild West. Uh, this movie's really bad. Of course, it's got one I used to have a crush on Sama Hayek. She was in it. Kenneth Branagh plays the, black, the bad guy. Eh, it's not memorable. 18 is Analyze This. This is De Niro's second foray into comedy after he did Meet the Parents, I think the previous year. And this is the one where he's playing the... the the typical mobster who needs therapy, and it spawned a sequel. Number 19 is The General's Daughter. Eh, yeah. Travolta, not a good movie. Number 20, I mean, iconic movie, American Pie, made 102 million, spawned I don't know how many sequels. Great movie. It, it actually has a good heart when you think about it. Uh, ostensibly, it's four boys who want to get laid before, before the end of their senior year. But the movie's cute. The women in it are winning and they're actually empowering. They're not like uh, sexually assaulted. They're all give agency to to what happens in it. And it's a cute movie. And it was very defining for the, I suppose this would be the millennials, the young millennials. Number 21 is Sleepy Hollow. This is Johnny Depp's uh, version. Oh, I should say Tim Burton's version of the uh, Washington Irving great novel. Number 22 is Inspector Gadget, when Matthew Broderick was a star. <laughs> that made almost $100 million. Number 23 is The Haunting, uh, Liam Neeson and Catherine Zeta-Jones. This is peak Zeta-Jones. Man, she was beautiful in this. Um, decent movie. Made $91 million. Talk about Zeta-Jones, because this is coming off Mask of Zorro. Number 24 is Entrapment, with Sean Connery and her. Number 25 is Payback. This is Mel Gibson. Don't remember that one. I get that one in ransom mixed up to be awesome. Give me back my son. Number 26. Ooh, talented Mr. Ripley. Man, is this a good movie. This is like up and coming actors. Damon, young Damon, young Paltrow, young Jude Law, breakout performance, young Kate Blanchett, young Philip Seymour Hoffman, Anthony Mangella, rest in peace. Amazing movie. Patricia Highsmith wrote the novel. Just amazing. 27, Any Given Sunday, Oliver Stone, Pacino, Dennis Quaid, Cameron Diaz. Just classic movie. Deep Blue Sea, number 28. Don't remember this one. Don't remember this one. 
Does it have a big shark in it? Thomas Jane is the lead? When was Thomas Jane a lead actor? Number 29, Galaxy Quest. Classic movie. Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman's great. That's when they play that kind of Star Trek spoof. And then they're, they're abducted by aliens who actually think that they know what they're doing. Number 30, Thomas Crown Affair. I mean, this is smoking Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo. Great movie. It's a heist. Heist movie. 31 is Blue Streak. Not a big fan of Martin Lawrence, but you know, made a lot of money. End of Days. Number 32, Bad Schwarzenegger movie. Number 33, Bone Collector. That's Denzel. And one of Denzel's bad performances along with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, it's made $66 million. Number 34, Bowfinger. Man, Heather Graham had a year. Heather Graham had a year. I talked about Bowfinger in the Heather Graham episode. It's Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy. Great movie. Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, number 35. Life, number 36. Clearly, we're going in terms of gross. Uh, that's the Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence movie. She's All That, number 37, iconic rom-com, which they flipped on Netflix with that Instagram girl. I can't remember her name, and they flipped it, and the, the flip is not that good. The original is better, but of course, it's coming from a man who is old, so a millennial or Gen Z or probably, I, I would say Gen Z would say something different. 39, Three Kings, I mean, David O. Russell. This is young David O. Russell before he made it big. This is one of the movies that made him big. This is Clooney, Wahlberg, and Ice Cube and Spike Jones going to uh, their Iraq American soldiers in Iraq and, and hijinks ensue. And then after this, I'm just going to go through some of the, the iconic movies because some of the, and now we're at 57 million gross. Number 42, Eyes Wide Shut only made 55 mil. That is shocking. Iconic Kubrick dies mysteriously. Maybe he re revealed too many secrets. Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman ended their marriage. Great movie. Never Been Kissed. Rom-com, back when rom-coms actually did well in movie theaters. This is with Drew Marymore. Varsity Blues, classic high school movie with James Vanderbeek at Dawson Creek's peak. And peak Paul Walker in this movie. Great. South Park, first movie comes out. and eh, I mean, Team America is a much better movie. The Hurricane, this is Denzel's iconic boxer movie, comes out. Great movie. Again, you can see just... Just iconic movies from this year. Just iconic. 53, Cruel Intentions. The ripoff of Dangerous Liaisons, one of my favorite movies. This comes out. This is Pete Geller, Ryan Philippe, and Reese Witherspoon, who later couple and have two children together. Number 54, 10 Things I Hate About You, another classic rom-com. This is one of the Heath Ledger breakout roles with Julia Stiles and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We got Peak Fincher with Fight Club. The iconic movie, albeit too nihilistic for me to watch today. Peak Brad Pitt, Ed Norton. Crazy Helena Bonham Carter's in this. Great movie. Awesome movie. 8mm, Nick Cage, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, classic Joel Schumacher movie. I mean, it's peak Nick Cage in this. Dogma, which is probably, in terms of money, maybe the best Kevin Smith movie. And it's interesting because with Kevin Smith movies, I really liked them as a kid. And now I just think they're just for juvenile people. Kind of like what Moon Main and I talked about Tarantino. But it did do well and it had a super cast in that movie. Number 70 is The Insider. That is an iconic Russell Crowe Apuccino movie. 71, Girl Interrupted. Classic Angelina Jolie breakout movie. And again, what, what you'll notice in these movies, being John Malkovich came out this year, Magnolia, P.T. Anderson came out this year. I mean, his iconic work, Cruz gets nominated. 
And what you'll notice in these movies is that aside from a few at the beginning, there's not a lot of IP. This is when movies used to do well and people would go to see the brand and the brand was who? The brand was the actor. And now it's the brand is the IP. But if you look at it, I mean, Election came out this year. I forgot, great Alexander Payne movie. It's Reese Witherspoon's kind of iconic breakout role also came out this year. What you see is just a lot of non-IP doing very, very well. Boys Don't Cry came out this year. Office Space, Mike Judge's great movie with Jennifer Aniston came out this year as well. You look at one of my favorite period movies, The End of the Affair with Ray Fiennes and Julianne Moore having an affair behind her husband's back during World War II. That's the Graham Greene novel. Came out this year as well. And it's just, and it goes on and on. I mean, I mean, there's other great movies that came out this year, and I'm already like 120. So my point is this. Movies did well based on, I know this is shocking now, in the Marvel world that we live in today, but they came out because they actually had good screenplays, good acting, and good directing. And it wasn't all about IP, 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 which everything is today. And it's refreshing. And look, you, you see the balance here of action and dramas and period movies and so forth. So to review, let's get previous IP. Star Wars was number one. Sixth Sense was not previous IP. Toy Story 2, Awesome Powers was previous IP. Tarzan, previous IP. I wouldn't call Mummy, previous IP. World is Not Enough, okay, you can call that previous IP. Look at that, in the top 20, that's it. You had five, five that were previous IP. So, 1999, man, you had peak directors at their prime, peak movie stars, a great variety of all types of movies, comedies, rom-coms, teen movies, dramas, just a great year and it should be celebrated. And of course, today with streaming, a lot of these movies you can catch. Guys, I'll post a poll at the Cinemaragi. Let me know what you think of 1999. Please rate and review because it helps grow this feed. There's a link for PayPal to make a donation. There's a link to the website which hosts all the Eclectical Gregorio feeds, including this one. But the best way to just catch these is by listening to them on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thanks for listening to the Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.